Uh, really glad to be gathered together with you, my redemption family, on this Christmas Eve as we celebrate the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ together. And not only tonight, but I hope that flows into tomorrow for you as well. But as we hang out, uh, spend some time together in the Word this Christmas Eve, the question we want to answer is this. Mary, did you know? I, I love that song. I really do. But it does pose a question that I want to dig into. I've wanted to do this one for a couple of years to say, how much did Mary actually know? Well, the song doesn't answer. It just poses one question after another. But those fall into three different categories. Hey, Mary, did you know that this baby boy would do all these miracles, would heal a blind man and calm the storm? And Mary, did you know he will do miracles? And it asks, Mary, did you know that this little boy that you're giving birth to, that this is the fullness of God in human form? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. That, uh, so, so that's one of the questions. Like, did you know that, that that's 100% divinity in human form? And then the third category is that he would be the savior, that the baby you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? As, as I said, I love that song, but what did Mary know? And because it is a question, it ends up being kind of a controversial song. It triggers some people. It's kind of funny. Like, so, for example, uh, I came across one feminist blogger who really doesn't like the song. She said this, my pet peeve is the assumption that women in the Bible are ignorant, illiterate, and have no common sense, as this song implies. She doesn't like it. Probably put it up there with other controversial songs like Baby, It's Cold Outside. You don't know. You don't know, right? Uh, so there's that. And then there's uh, clever Christians. I don't know what else to say, but clever Christians. And maybe you've seen some of these memes on social media. Mary, did you know? Smack! Yes, she knew. Batman and Robin weigh in on this one and, of course, point, point you to Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 33. Now, some uh, get their knickers in such a twist that they have rewritten the song. I don't know if you've seen the lyrics. Mary freaking knew that her baby boy would one day rule the nations. Mary freaking knew that her baby boy was the Lord of all creation. Yes, she knew. Read Luke 1, you fool. She sang about it then. It helps if when you're reading, you listen to women. She you notice know I had to read that screen because those are too far away from me. I'm getting older. It stinks. Oh, well. But there it is. So, so what the song says is read Luke 1, you fool. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. Let's look at what Gabriel says to Mary. We're in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the same and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Now let me pause there for a second. That's actually a very fair question. I mean, put yourself in her place. Listen, uh, she could well be thinking, okay, I'm going to give birth to the Messiah. Got it. But I'm soon to marry Joseph. I guess we get married. We come together. And, and lots of kids here. But uh, we, we come. And then uh, we will give birth to the Messiah, right? I mean, listen, nobody in Mary's position jumps mentally to the idea, oh, I know virgin birth, God incarnate. Nobody thinks that, Right? And yet, evidently, there's some clue. And so she's like going, okay, how's this going to be? And so we continue. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So the question is, as Mary was pregnant, as she was delivering, as she was changing Jesus, as she was nursing, weaning, raising him, what exactly did she know? Did she really know all of who that baby boy is, was? Max Lucado put it this way. Did she ever look at Jesus and think, there's God eating my soup? That's, that's an interesting thing. Like, did she think that? And, and so the question is, Mary, did you know? And my answer is this. Nope. Not really. Not fully. Definitely not until later. I don't think she knew. Now, for some of you, you're already offended and you're mad at me, which is a position I'm getting used to at times, right? So that's okay. But uh, listen, let me explain why I think that. Keep in mind that Mary, scholars would tell us that she would have been anywhere from 12 to 14 years old. We'll split the difference. We're talking about a 13-year-old Jewish girl 2,000 years ago in Israel. Now, she's a fantastic young woman, a God-fearing young woman, a faithful young woman. But at the same time, she did not look like this. That's a Catholic depiction of Mary. It didn't look like. She would have looked more like this. For some of you that like Chosen, you're like, oh. Oh, Christmas special last year. But that's, that's more what she would have looked like. One of the things I want you to catch tonight is that this Christmas story we're talking about, it's not a myth or a fable or a fairy tale. This happened in real time, in real space with real people. This was a real 13-year-old young woman 2,000 years ago. Now, nonetheless, she's not dumb, and, and Gabriel spoke to her and told her stuff. So she knew stuff, right? Well, hold on. What did he tell her? One of the things he told her is that Jesus would be the son of God. There it is. She knew, right? (laughs) Time out. I'm a son of God. 
right? You go, that's way different, right? Yeah, you know that now. You know that now. See, we have what's called the curse of knowledge. Our tendency is to read Luke 1 as Gabriel's talking to Mary, and we read that through the lens of 2022, where we have a completed New Testament. We have 2,000 years of Christian theology, and we have a very developed understanding of the Trinity of God. And Mary had none of that. None of that. What did this 13-year-old young woman know? Mary, did you know that when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God? Mary, did you know that that sleeping baby you're holding is the great I am? No way. A Jew 2,000 years ago, there's no way a Jew would ever conceive that Yahweh himself, the great I am, would become a little human baby. No way. Hard pass. Do you even know that? I mean, you're telling me that Mary understood the hypostatic union. Let me explain. So that that means that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, fully both. You didn't even know the term. (laughs) I mean, today we still wrestle to understand that. I don't think Mary understood the hypostatic union. And that's the son of God. Now, she would also, from Gabriel and Simeon and Anna and the Magi, she'd learn that this baby boy would be the savior He'd be the redeemer. He'd be the Messiah. That's, that Messiah, that's an important term. I think absolutely Mary knew that Jesus, her baby boy, was the Messiah. But we have to understand what that meant to her. What the Jewish expectation and understanding of the Messiah was 2,000 years ago. Remember, they had been invaded by Rome, conquered by Rome. They were occupied by Rome. There had been Roman soldiers all around. And so what they were hoping for and looking forward to is the Messiah, meaning that God would raise up a hero. And this hero would be a political, military hero who would lead a revolt, kick the Romans' butt, get them out of there, and then he would become the king and sit on the throne. That was their expectation. And I I don't know how much some of the phrasing from Gabriel would have dispelled that. Like, if you look at what he said, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Now, understand David was a human king, that's it. A great king, but a human king, sat on a literal throne, had an earthly kingdom, and and they believed that from the lineage of David, God would raise up a new king that would sit on that throne, just like David. You see it? And and so they were confused about what the Messiah meant. I mean, even Zechariah. So Mary has a cousin, Elizabeth, who gives birth to John the Baptist, right? Right? Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, he would give a prophecy later in Luke chapter 1. And if you look at the end, I, I highlighted it there. He says that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Are you getting a feel for the messianic expectation? I mean, remember when the Magi came to town and asked the question, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
such that Herod freaks out and thinks, I have a political military rival. I must wipe him out. He doesn't think savior. And he tries to kill all the two-year-old little boys in that region to eliminate Jesus. See what's going on? All of this fits into their messianic expectation, and we have the curse of knowledge. But for us to appreciate what Mary's going through, we have to walk a mile in her sandals back then. 2,000 years ago, this 13-year-old girl in Israel with their messianic expectations. Now, sure, we know of the full divinity of Jesus. We know of the cross. We know of the resurrection. We know of the gospel. We know that Jesus is coming back. We know that now. But Mary had none of that. To get a feel for it, I want you to imagine that you're in Ukraine right now. You're a Ukrainian citizen. And somebody comes along and says, hey, great news. God has raised up for us a savior. You wouldn't think, oh, a cross and eternal salvation. It's not what you would think. You would think, oh, finally, God is raising up a military hero who will kick the Russians out of here and who will save the world from World War III. That's what you'd think. And that's what they thought because that was their situation. So Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Yes, she knew he'd be the Messiah, but her understanding of what that term meant was probably very different from ours with a full New Testament and 2,000 years of theology. Now, I mean no disrespect to Mary. Mary is a sister of mine with probably better faith than me. She's an amazing woman with amazing faith. And I absolutely love that song that Anya just sung for us. But so that you know that I'm not dissing Mary, let's ask another question. Uh, Disciples, did you know? Twelve grown men, okay? Disciples, did you know? I mean, after all, remember, Jesus, once he grows up, he's around 30, he starts his ministry, and he first calls 12 guys to be his inner band, the disciples, right? And they'll follow him around for three years. For three years, they sit under the teaching of Jesus. For three years, they watch him do his miracles, And then, as he's getting to the end of that time before his crucifixion, Jesus starts to reveal a little bit more to them. That, guys, I'm actually not going to be the kind of Messiah you think. I'm actually going to be a suffering Savior, and I'm going to die. Disciples, did you know? How did they respond? Peter takes Jesus aside and corrects him. Remember that? That got Peter called Satan. (laughs) Oops. James and John say, hey, Jesus, after you're gone, can we take over? Jesus is like, you don't get it. You don't get it. Judas betrays him. Then all the disciples scatter. Peter denies him three times. And Thomas doubts the resurrection. Disciples, did you know? That's a lot-ish. A growing amount, but fully, no, not until after the resurrection and especially once the Holy Spirit came on the church at Pentecost. So this is not to dis Mary. I, I think it was the, the state of the church at that time as it was growing. And by the way, uh, if Mary really did know everything, like that song, if every answer is yes, Mary knew it all, 
that woman has some explaining to do. Because there was a time when she went to collect Jesus thinking he was crazy. Do you remember that story? Mark chapter 3. Then he went home. So Jesus, he's out doing his ministry with his band of disciples, right? Now he goes to his hometown, right? Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him for they, was, they were saying, he is out of his mind. And his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent to him and called him and a crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Hey, Jesus, I think I hear your mom calling. She thinks you're crazy. And Jesus doesn't go. Now, it kind of seems then like maybe Mary didn't quite know it all, right? Like maybe she didn't quite get, because if she did, if she knew Jesus is God, fully God, in human flesh, and she thinks he's crazy, no bueno. Like that's a bad thing, right? So I, I don't think she fully knew in Luke 1. Now, the good news is it ended well for Mary, like it did with the disciples. Not Judas, but anyway. But if you look in Acts chapter 1, you'll find Mary, it's after the resurrection, Mary is there. She's part of the church, along with Jesus' half-siblings, that band that thought he was insane. They're all there. They become convinced of who he is, and they are part of the church, worshiping Jesus as their Lord. So cool. It ends really well for Mary. But back in Luke chapter 1, Mary, did you know? Not really. Ish, some, not fully. Not until after the resurrection, not until Pentecost. And now, I have ruined a great song. <laughs> uh, by dissecting it and looking at the theology behind it. But listen, I wanted to do this uh, on a Christmas Eve with you guys for some time because I think it gives us a better perspective of what faith actually is. See, to me, it's totally okay that Mary didn't know. And the reason why is because she's not God. Jesus is. She doesn't know it all. Jesus does. She doesn't get it all. Jesus does. What we tend to want is we want it to be all or nothing. Mary either knew everything or she knew nothing. Which is it? What if Mary was human like us? That's exactly what she was. She was human like us. Do you know it all? You don't know the full plan of God. Do you know what everything God's going to do in your life tomorrow? You don't. You know some things about God's plan though. Mary knew some, but not all. And I'll tell you what, her knowledge was really high, but it was far short of the full knowledge of the plan of God. And to me, that makes her faith response all the more beautiful. Here's what Mary's saying. God, I don't know everything you're going to do. And I don't fully get it, and I don't know if I'm going to like it all. But God, I know you. I trust you. And so what she says is, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's cool faith. And listen, when she says that, she is an unwed, pregnant, 
teenage girl in a very, very religious society in a patriarchal culture. Okay, again, you have the curse of knowledge. That's the problem. You go, well, yeah, but I know that Gabriel's going to tell Joseph to take her home as his wife and say, don't worry, Joseph, it's cool. When she says that, Mary doesn't know that. You look at what Gabriel says, he says nothing about how he's going to smooth it over with Joseph. Mary is facing that moment saying, oh my goodness, my whole culture is going to think that I stepped out on Joseph and I'm going to be divorced and I'm going to be a single mom. Being a single mom, I respect you ladies, it is so hard. Way harder even in that culture. And Mary's thinking that's her future. There is a lot Mary didn't know. And she says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That is beautiful faith. That is amazing faith. And it's all the more beautiful because she doesn't know it all. But I'll tell you what, it's not blind faith. There's some things that Mary did know. Here's some of them. She knew the world was messed up and our hope shouldn't be here. She knew to expect and look for a savior, a Messiah, because this world stinks. And she knew it. She wasn't hoping in this world. That set her up for faith. But she also knew that life will still hurt in a fallen world, even for a favored one. Okay, that's in quotes because that's what the, Gabriel said. He called her favored one, which by the way, it literally means graced one. Later he said, for you have found favor with God. The word favor is actually, that's in Greek, that's grace. You have found grace with God. You are a graced one, Mary. But she knows life's still going to hurt. She's looking at being an unwed teenage mom. In that moment, that's what she thinks. And, And it doesn't go like that, but I'll tell you what, life hurt for Mary. God pretty much hijacked her life. And And then if you look in John 19, she stood at the foot of the cross and watched her son be crucified. Now, it's Christmas time. And Christmas time is hard for a lot of you because there's a lot of grief that flows through this season, a lot of pain. Specifically, some of you have had to bury kids. You know, our, our kids are supposed to bury us. We're not supposed to bury our kids. That is a unique, particular pain. And you feel that a lot at Christmas time. I get it. Can you relate to Mary? Because Mary buried his son. Stood there and watched him be crucified. I thought it was a favored one. You are, Mary. You've been graced by God. But he has a plan for your life. In fact, speaking of this, here's something else Mary knew. God has a big, grand plan, and our lives serve that plan. That is to say, Mary knew that God wasn't going to waste a lot of energy trying to serve Mary's plan for her life. But instead, he was inviting her to join his big worldwide eternal plan for the universe. Come on, Mary, jump in. She knew that. And she could trust it, and that's the fourth thing. She knew God is good. And he can be trusted, even when we don't know it all, even when we don't see it all. You see, listen, that is why it's worth dissecting this song. When you know everything, that doesn't take faith. 
when you don't know what God's about to do in your life, that takes faith. And when you join God in his wild plan, that takes faith. She got great faith. Let me contrast her faith to what we sometimes call faith. Sometimes what we say is, God, I will trust you if. Faith has no if clause. Faith has no if clause. It's God, I trust you, period. That's faith. Or sometimes what we say is, I will trust God when he tells me all that he's going to do and all that he won't do. And if I approve, then I will trust God. That's faith in yourself. It's faith in your plans. That's not faith in God. Or thirdly, sometimes what we say is, I'll listen to God so long as I can tell God what he's allowed to say and what he's not allowed to say. And if he agrees to my terms, then I'll listen to God. I'm listening to myself. I'm not listening to God. Those are my own words. And we do that with our political opinions and we do that with our cultural opinions. And we say, you know what? I'll listen to God so long as he says what I want him to. It's not faith. It's not what Mary did. What if engaging with God means that he is God and I am not? And he will do things I don't understand. He will do things that I don't like. He will say things that would change me. He will say things that challenge me. And that's okay. Because he is God. And I am not. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's an amazing woman with amazing faith. I'll tell you why I wanted to dig into this a little bit. We're about to launch into 2023. What will that year be like? Will 2023 be better or worse than this year? I don't know. Can't tell you. Will 2023 be a year of incredible celebration or horrible devastation in your life? I don't know. I can't tell you. In 2023, will you like what God does in your life and how he does it? Will you understand it all? I can't tell you. I don't know. But Mary, Mary had wonderful faith in the midst of the unknown. And I wonder if you will go with her into what we actually know. We know this world is messed up and our hope shouldn't be here. We know that life will still hurt in 2023 because it'll still be a fallen world. Even for favored ones, graced ones, God's children. And we know that God has a big grand plan. And your life in 2023 can fit into that. You can get on his adventure with him, on mission with him. We know that in 2023, God's not going to be scrambling around going, how can I serve you in your plan? That's what Mary knew. Can we know that? And then lastly, can we know that God is good? And he can be trusted even when we don't know it all because that's faith. Do you know all God will do? No. Do you know if you'll like it? No. But do we know that we have a good, good God with a great plan and he's inviting us on board? Yeah. 
Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's what I think Mary knew. She didn't know the full plan of God. Listen, she didn't know the full plan of God. She knew God. And that was enough. She didn't know the full plan of God. She knew God and that was enough. So I don't know what 2023 holds for you. But I wonder if you would be willing to say this with me. Don't do it unless you mean it, okay? Don't feel forced. I don't care if you're silent right now. But would you be willing to say this along with Mary, along with me right now? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In fact, here's what I want you to do. In your mind's eye right now, I want you to look ahead into a full year of 2023 and it's unknown and it's scary and you don't know what's gonna happen in that year. You don't know what God's gonna call you to do. You have no idea. But would you right now in your mind's eye turn from that and look into the face of your God? And would you say this with Mary? Would you say this with me right now? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let me pray. Father, this is a broken, fallen world. It's a mess. And it's not your fault. We did it and we keep doing it. And it's hard and it hurts. We don't know if we're going to like next year. We know who you are. You're a good, good God. And you are worthy of our trust. You're worthy of our faith. In fact, you sent Jesus to break into this messy world, to come in a baby, to grow up and die on a cross for us. We know you're a good God. And so, Father, could you move the needle on our faith this Christmas? We wouldn't just leave it in some fairy tale, myth, fable thing, but we would know it was real. And there was a sister of ours named Mary, and she was real. And she made a choice of faith that was real. In the midst of the unknown, she knew something. She knew you. She trusted you. She put her faith in you. And could you, this Christmas season, take us in her footsteps? And I pray for that in Christ's name. Amen.